Greetings, this is Pastor Stan Harvey of the Pentecostals of Sydney. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. It is our hope that this message, whether it be a Sunday service or a midweek lesson, would be a blessing and a help to you in your spiritual journey. Stay connected with us on our website, posydney.com, or on our numerous social media platforms. Now to the service. God hasn't missed you. Amen. Praise God. Well, uh, I've got five minutes that I want to share with you. Just, just on that thought, we read in the book of Isaiah, the prophecy that Isaiah gave in Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. He says, therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. The name Emmanuel, which is spelled differently in the, in the New Testament, is spelled with an E, uh, simply says to us in Matthew chapter 1, as uh, the angel came to visit uh, Joseph in a dream, uh, Joseph being uh, minded to put his wife away or, or his uh, fiance Mary away, thinking that she had been unfaithful because she was pregnant. And I can just imagine how that whole interaction and conversation would have gone. Uh, you, she, they were engaged to be married, and then suddenly she drops a bomb on him and tells him, uh, uh, listen, Joe, um, I've had a little bit of an incident that's taken place recently. Uh, I'm, I'm pregnant, but I, I, it's, it's of God. <laughs> I've not been with any man, and, you know, it's, I'm still a virgin. And, and you know, it, God told me that it's, it's of the Holy Spirit. And, and, of course, Joseph being a human being, just like most of us, uh, considered that, that, yeah, okay, uh, I've heard that one before. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure, Mary, yeah, yeah, pregnant by God. And uh, okay, well, you know, it, it was nice knowing you. It's time to separate. But then uh, the Lord visits Joseph and gives him a dream. The angel in the dream speaks to him and says to him, and she shall bring forth a son and uh, shall call his name Jesus in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21, for he shall save his people from their sins now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Now that's always intrigued me as to why they didn't call him Emmanuel, uh, but he should call his name Jesus. But what uh, the angel was revealing that his name or his character or his nature would be that of Emmanuel. That that would be, as it were, his title. And, and uh, of course, uh, this is something that we are quite familiar with. But uh, I want you to understand something that as... As we look into this particular season of, of this Christmas period, a time where we look for gifts, and as children, this is something that we look forward to, and uh, as we get older, of course, we no longer expect those gifts, but when we have our own children, we now become uh, uh, occupied with ensuring that they get the gifts. Uh, and, uh, but there are those, of course, who never seem to grow up, uh, and they maintain the same kind of mentality. Well, what am I going to get? 
Uh, and there may even be those Christians who, although spiritually saved, yet remain with the same kind of emotional immaturity, if you will, where we can approach Christianity, approach God as some kind of Santa Claus uh, to give us what we want because uh, we've been, we think that we've been more good than bad. We've been more nice than naughty. And so we, we kind of expect God to give something. And I believe that uh, as we go through life and as we go through and our walk with God, many people walk away from God uh, because even though they, they have a passion for the Lord, even though they have a heart for God, uh, they worship with zeal and gusto and, and passion, yet somehow you still see people walk away from the Lord. And I think one of the causes of that is because uh, when they somehow go through life with God and they don't get what they expect God to give them. Uh, they don't receive the gift that they felt that they were uh, owed because they've been coming to church uh, all of these years. They've been paying their tithes. They've been good to their neighbors. And yet somehow it doesn't translate into what they want. And so there is this uh, this conflict between what they expect in life and what actually happens in life. And when the two don't match up, there is often a disappointment that comes into our hearts that we desired that we would want to walk away from God because God did not fulfill what he said he was going to fulfill. That what we expected was going to turn out did not quite turn out. Our lives, brothers and sisters, become more focused on stuff and what we want and the station that we want to get to in life, that promotion or that six-figure income or that spouse. Or, or for some, uh, we wanted God to deliver us or to remove the, the source of pain in our lives. And, and let me just say that these are not bad things. The expectations that we sometimes have, we're, we're not expecting too many great things. And they're not bad things. They're not evil things. But, but I want you to, to remind you today that before the car, the house, the relief, the blessings is the name that the angel revealed to Joseph, which was who was a spouse to Mary, and that name is Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. Amen. And not God bless us or not God save us, but God with us. And I want to simply leave you with this thought this morning that what is more powerful than anything else is the revelation and the understanding that God is with us. That even though he doesn't give us everything that we want, even if he doesn't fulfill all of our ambitions and grand dreams, yet the most powerful thing that you can hold as a conviction in your heart is to know that no matter where you are, that God is with us. He is the Emmanuel. Amen. He didn't stay aloof and distant in heaven, separated forever from humanity, but he saw the plight of a lost world and he came to this world and robed himself in flesh and began to walk in the midst of us to reveal to us that even if you don't get everything that you want in life, even if you're still not married, even if you didn't get that house or that promotion, yet God wants us to understand that what is more powerful than anything else is that God is with us. He is present by us. 
You say, well, well, big deal. Okay, God is with us. What's so big? Listen to me. When somebody is with you, when God is with you, when there's a presence beside you, when, there's, when you come to recognize that you are not alone, it does something in you. It strengthens you. It begins to strengthen your heart, your mind, your resolve. When you thought you were all by yourself, when you thought you were all by your lonesome, and all of a sudden you recognize, hang on a minute, I'm not alone. I'm not by myself. I'm not in this by myself. It will strengthen you. It will exponentially multiply the strength that you have. Come on, somebody. You remember what the Bible says. If one will cause a thousand to flight, two will cause not 2,000, but 10,000 to flight. If you can get it in your spirit to say, God, I don't need you to give me everything, but let me just have a revelation that you are with me that you stand with me that you are in my presence oh hallelujah the best present is his presence amen can I say that again the greatest present is his presence because when you're not alone when you recognize we're not by ourselves oh that God is with me my strength comes back encouragement starts flooding my heart I know that no matter where I go through God said I will never leave you alone the psalmist said if I make my bed in hell Thou art there. If I take the winds of the morning, behold, thou art there. There is nowhere that you can be that God is not there. Oh, I wish somebody would hear what I'm saying to you this morning. God is with you. Hallelujah. Musicians, you can come back. Oh, I, I wish I had time. Because we were created not to be in isolation. John Donne's famous poem says, no man is an island entire of himself, but we're a part of the great continent that God had created. He created us as spiritual creatures as it relates to him, but he also created us as social creatures as it relates to one another. That's why even though God said everything was good after he created it, when he saw Adam by himself, he says, it's not good that man should be alone. So he created a help meet for him. But I want you to understand that man was initially created for fellowship with God. We weren't created. Our purpose is not just to fulfill or to, to make money or, or to build the houses and to do nice things. And, and those things, of course, are essential. We got to put food on the table. We got to work as hard as we can. But he created us first and foremost for fellowship. That's why when, when a, a life's person has no connection with God, it will always leave them empty. No matter how much they preoccupy their time with entertainment, with stuff, it will never be truly fulfilling. Because we were created for a relationship with God. We become so focused on function, on operation, on tasks, doing stuff. When God created us first and foremost for being and relationship. And that relationship, brothers and sisters, is, is what gives us strength. 
That's why you can fill your life with sin, doing all kinds of, the Bible says, even says that sin is pleasurable for a season. It actually feels good at the time. But it will always spiral you away from the presence of God and your life will always head to destruction when there's sin. But when there is a relationship with God, even when, when life, your whole life is, is just crumbling around you, things just not, doesn't seem to be working out, yet a connection with God is so powerful that you can hold on to the hand of your father in the midst of the storm. That you can be on a ship where the waves are tossing this boat to and fro. The winds are so contrary. It is so tumultuous. Like the disciples, yet Jesus was in the, in the bow of the boat sleeping. And they said, you, uh, Master, you better wake up. We're, we're about to perish. And Jesus wakes up looks at the storms and speaks of the storm and says peace be still and the storm just comes when life storm is causing your life to, to be tossed about yet if you can hold to God and know that Jesus is on the boat with you he's in the ship you can find strength and see you through every difficult valley that life will throw at you, every every giant that will face you, every mountain that feels so so impassable. Amen. With God on your side, He can see you through. You will be stronger than you think you are. You will be more powerful than you think you are. Before Jesus, before God saves, there is God with and it takes maybe some maturity to understand or come to that stage that we're all learning God it's okay if I don't get that job it's okay if I don't get that role what really matters is I've got you is I'm holding on to you is I'm looking my eyes are fixed I'm not letting go God come on somebody reject you talk to Jesus you didn't get that job go to your prayer closet and say God I'm talking to you I'm not letting you go there's a bad report from the doctor talk to Jesus Jesus I'm not letting go there's gonna be a resilience there's gonna be a tenacity I'm gonna hold to your hand no matter what comes you've got to kick me out of your house before I walk away I'm gonna look to you I'm gonna trust in you with every disappointment with every trial with every problem I'm looking to you my eyes are fixed Hallelujah. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Oh, bless the Lord. I wonder, I wonder if we could do something here today. I want to invite everybody to come to this altar, not because you're sin, not because you failed, but simply because you've come here to fix your eyes on Jesus. I believe God wants to give us a blessing here today, a blessing of his presence, a blessing of a revelation of his awareness, awareness of his nearness in our lives. I want to invite you to come to this altar, even if for a few minutes, 
just to simply pray, just to simply declare, God, I'm going to look to you with every circumstance, with every tribulation, every valley that I have to walk through. I'm looking to you. I'm not taking my eyes. I'm not looking to the left or the right. But God, I'm trusting in you. You can trust in this God. You can have hope restored here right now. Well, well, how do you know that? How do you know that, preacher? Well, I know that because God came to this world. He didn't leave us separated. He didn't stay ostracized, alienated from his creation. But he walked with us. He sat with us. He stands with us to show us how much he intends to keep us, to help us, and to bless us. Would you lift your voices all throughout this altar? Wherever you are, whoever you are, begin to talk to him. Begin to lift your voice. Begin to acknowledge his presence in your life. He hears you as much as he hears the next person beside you. He hears our prayers. Oh, hallelujah. God is with us. He is the Emmanuel. He is the ever-present God. The Bible says a very present help in the time of trouble. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, bless the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord.
for one another all over this house. Lay hands on your brother, your sister. Put your hand upon their shoulder and begin to pray a blessing over their life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Glory to God.